Welcome to Showcase Chicago Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Reyes, a realtor in the Chicagoland area with ARE Partners. And in this podcast, we delve into the heart of all things Chicago, real estate, and life as we engage in authentic conversations about some of the most significant decisions we make. In today's episode, I'm excited to have a special guest, George LaGuardia of AN Mortgage, to discuss all things lending. But specifically, we'll be discussing a special portfolio financing product called Home Run Program. This lending program only requires a 5% down payment on a two to four unit multifamily property. If you're interested in investing in a multifamily property but have been held back by hefty down payments, keep listening as we break down the details of this program and more. George, thank you so much for being on the Showcase Chicago podcast today. I'm excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, mm-hmm. your experience in the mortgage industry? Yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you yeah. are. Hey, um, <laughs> my name is George LaGuardia. I'm a loan officer here at a Mortgage. Uh, I've been in the industry for about 20 years, so I'm dating myself a little bit. But I do come with uh, some expertise uh, just based on my years in the industry. Um, I've worked in in every sector from banking at Washington Mutual when they were around. Oh. I've been on the broker side, uh, private lending side, um, and now here at ANN for the last four years. So ANN is um, it's a, we're a private mortgage company, so we have the ability to lend our own funds, but then we also have the ability to broker out loans as well, right? So we do everything from your FHA to commercial, you name it. The other cool thing is that ANN Mortgage is what's called a uh, CUSP, so it's a credit union service provider. So we have access to local smaller credit union funds, funds from smaller local banks, and then also some private equity, which gives us the ability to do a lot of these very unique programs. Absolutely. Right, that not a lot of other folks have. Well, and I know that these uh, 5% down payment programs weren't around for uh, a bit, and but you did help one of my recent clients, and we're going to get into that story later. But, um, you know, these portfolio programs that a lot of lenders don't have access to. Right. And I love that you, uh, and, and and George, of course, has access to these great programs for our clients and our mutual clients. So uh, we'll definitely break out that story a little bit more. But tell me why A&N. Why, so you've been here for four years. That's something I didn't know. I want to know more about the background of A&N, and why did you choose to stay with A&N? Uh, we're 100% women owned company. Now you're really getting me excited because that's something I'm very passionate about is a woman owned uh, company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nina Vlamis. So she's she's amazing, uh, super supportive. She's just a great leader as well. Um, and the folks that Not she to has. interrupt you, but I met her only a couple of times and I love her personality. So if she's yeah. hearing this, we're giving you a shout out. You're a fantastic, great job at AN Mortgage. <laughs> she is. And uh, so yeah, it's just been super supportive environment, you know, products and, and programs and you know, the support staff has been amazing, you know, what you need. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's all about the clients. Yes. You know, so you want to make sure that they're being provided an excellent experience um, so that they can refer other folks and feel confident with it. And you have a full team, right? It's not just exactly. you. There's everyone really supporting the clients and every facet of the transaction and, um, and the support of the of the deal. So that makes sense. And you guys have done great for my clients. So I appreciate all the work you guys have done. Well, today I'm really, really excited about jumping into this program, uh, which is called the Home Run Program. Um, and for me, I work with a lot of investor clients. And I actually, the most recent podcast episode before this one was an interview with my investor, uh, Danny Salgado, who was a mutual client of ours recently. Um, so if you haven't heard that episode, be sure to go ahead and listen to that probably right before this <laughs> right before this episode, because it has a wealth of information on how to get started investing 
And one of the strategies is to become uh, your first investment to buy a property, a multifamily property, and live in the property and uh, start your portfolio that way, right? Because you're not required to put so much 20%, 25% down in that first investment property. And so um, I just love getting people in that situation, especially when they come at me and they're like, oh, I want a single family home or I want a condo. But then they can really get approved for so much more when you factor in the rents you're gonna be getting in that multifamily property, you're gonna have a backyard, you're not gonna be paying an HOA, instead you're doing work to the property. So all that to get into the meat and potatoes of this program, and that's what this episode is really about, is highlighting the details of the home run program with ANN and um, kind of jumping into it. So to start, explain kind of the, the highlights, if you will, of the program for our listeners. So um, our home run program, um, to the best of my knowledge, we're the only lender that carries a product like this, and it's been a really, really great. So uh, basically it's 5% down on two to four unit properties. Our loan amounts go up to $1 million. So your sales price could be higher than a million, but the max that we could loan on it would be a million at the moment. Okay. Right? We are working on expanding that, but right now it's a million. And so if it's a million two, you just have to come up with a difference ultimately. Exactly, oh. exactly. Um, we have 30-year fixed and adjustable rate mortgages available, right? Which I thought was interesting, the adjustable rate mortgage part of that as well. Yeah, so a lot of folks, you know, when the interest rates are high from an investor's perspective, mm -hmm. they go, hey, give me the lower rate on an arm. Exactly. Because I know the rates are going to come down, it increases my ROI, and then when the rates come down, I'll just refinance out of the product anyway. Absolutely. Now, on this product, we can't have more than one million dollars lent to one person okay so they can't buy multiple well, of course they can't because they have to be owner occupied as well exactly <laughs> so the idea would always be to utilize the program right go into a house house hack mm -hmm. right stabilize increase rents do whatever you got to do refinance out of the program when the rates come down and then on to your next one because now you can utilize the funds again absolutely right so it becomes kind of like plug and play mm -hmm. absolutely uh one of the things that i i guess i'll bring up now is um I've had a lot of investors at one point I had a mentor who had a hundred units hmm. and he always encouraged to a take advantage of a 10 uh, 10 31 exchange yep. if you can and so ultimately you know getting into your first multifamily maybe you know being the owner occupied living in it for a couple of years and then maybe take advantage of it in two years to take up opportunity like this again where you can move yep. into that 100%. next program right and then rent out the one you started with and then you start to build your portfolio now with a 1031 exchange that's just deferring taxes yep. and so when you sell that let's say you were to sell that second two flat and buy two more you can defer the tax uh, liability um, and so that's one of the strategies my investors have shared with me over the years that uh, you know it's a smart way to get started as an investor you know yeah, it really 100%. is most investing loans and correct me if I'm wrong tend to require 15 20 25 percent down and that's what makes this particular one such an impactful thing right correct. Um, so I want to break out through the guidelines so loan to value ratio and for maybe someone who doesn't know what loan to value ratio is can mm -hmm. you explain that to them yeah 100% so your loan to value is gonna be how much of a loan you take out based on the value of the property. So in this case, your loan to value, if you're putting 5% down, would be 95%. If you're putting 10% down, your loan to value would be 90%. So that is basically the way your loan to value breaks down, right? Absolutely. And then the next uh, guideline for this program is no first time buyer requirements. What does that mean by there's no first time buyer requirements for this type of loan? Yeah, so there are some programs uh, that existed where 
you could take advantage of a low down payment, yes. right? Like 5% down on a two unit or something like that. Um, but you had to be a first time home buyer in order to qualify. So the cool thing with this program is that there are no first time home buyer requirements. So you could own other properties and still take advantage of a very low down payment for a multifamily. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really huge benefit uh, in these type of programs. Um, loan amount. So that, well, we talked about the maximum loan amount of being $1 million. And I actually did create a storyline on numbers that I want to get into uh, maybe towards after we go through the guidelines. But my primary markets are uh, Jefferson Park, Portage Park, and Irving Park. And um, the average sales price in those areas is like 482, 468, and 526,000. Uh, um, and so I did crunch some numbers so we can maybe crunch some, talk about those scenarios about what would be an ideal situation in terms of numbers for that mortgage. But we'll get into the guidelines first. Credit score requirements. So maybe we can expand on that too because there's FHA credit scores, there's conventional credit scores, and this particular program requires a minimum credit score of 680. Correct. So tell us about like what would be this between an FHA credit score versus a conventional credit score? Yeah, so FHA, FHA is unique in the sense where they have very lenient requirements when it comes to credit scores, and they're okay if you have some blemishes on your credit. Okay. Right. So, what um, would be a what would be an example of a blemish? Let's say you had a late payment within the last twelve months. Okay. And maybe it affected your score, um, or maybe you had a late payment last month. Okay. It affected your score. You know, FHA. As long as it gets approved through the automated underwriting system through mm -hmm. Fannie Mae, you're okay. And really, if your credit score is, you know, typically above a 580, you know what I mean? 580 credit score. If you have three and a half percent down, um, and your debt to income ratios are typically under 55 percent, they they go up to 57. But with some blemishes, you might have a hard time getting your debt to income ratios. Okay. Um, you know, FHA is okay to lend. FHA is there to help folks get into properties okay. that maybe you know, wouldn't qualify for normal conventional loans. Okay. Conventional loans typically require a 660 credit score okay. or above. You're typically looking first time home buyers 3% down. After that, it's 5% down. You're typically gonna need some, you know, assets, down payment, you know, so on and so forth. And they tend to be a little bit stricter with late payments. Absolutely. So if you have a recent late payment, you may not qualify for a conventional loan. We may have to go the FHA route which FHA is not a bad loan. No, not you know, at all. It's, it's a great loan, yeah. I'm actually really glad you said that because there is, even when we're negotiating FHA offer mm. on a property, you know, there's so much stigma, oh, we're gonna take it to the conventional over an FHA, but it's still a solid offer and solid financing. There's just too much stigma about, uh, you know, this one's better or worse and it's really not the case. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so some folks prefer to go FHA because of their the way their their long terms work. Mm -hmm. It makes more sense for them to use an FHA loan because you can only have one at a time, unless you're purchasing a hundred miles away for work or something like that. Then you could have two, um, but for the most part, you know, one at a time. So, whatever your goals are, it may make sense for you to utilize that FHA loan initially, or maybe for your second one. Mm -hmm. So you're right; it's not a bad loan. It's just depending on on your, on your, your goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, on this specific program, we do require a 680 credit score. Okay. Um, now, I will say the sweet spot to get better terms and rates, probably that 740 mark. Okay. Right, 740, but we do go as low as 680 on this one. Okay. So if you have a borrower with a 680 credit score or above, 5% down, we could definitely get them approved. One thing that I'll segue into this, because uh, you did mention uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and so that's a really great, uh, is with this loan, since it's in-house, would it be sold on the secondary market? Great question. So 
The easiest, so this, these, these follow, this loan follows Fannie Mae guidelines. Okay. Right? Different than, than Freddie. Okay. So uh, because it's a portfolio product, I would say 90% of the time we would hold the loan. Okay. The reason I say 90% of the time is because let's just say there's liquidity issues in the market or something like that, because a lot of it is portfolio. Mm -hmm. There is always a possibility that they're going to have to sell off some of their books mm -hmm. in order to free up funds to keep operating. Right. If the loan does get sold, nothing changes. The only thing that changes is who you make your payments to. Absolutely. Right. So your interest rate stays the same. Your loan program stays the same. Like everything's the same. You just make your payment to another bank and you'll be fully informed, you know, if that's going to happen. But again, majority of the time, no, we, we keep them in house. Keep them in house. While we're on the topic of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, you know, someone who doesn't know what that is. And are we just calling our cousin Freddie and, and Fannie? Like what is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Yeah, so there's there's basically two, I would say maybe three, realistically four, right? You have VA, mm -hmm. you have FHA, yep. and you have Fannie and Freddie. So Freddie and Fannie are the two major lending institutions, right, in the US. They just follow different guidelines because they're two different sets of investors, basically. Exactly. So the guidelines for Freddie, like a good example of a guideline would be Freddie Mac, if you have student loans in deferment, Right, so there's no payment. Absolutely. Freddie Mac will take half of a percent of the total balance of your student loan, and that's your payment. Oh, okay. Right? With Fannie Mae, it's a little different. They'll take 1% of the total balance and add that as your payment. Okay. So when we're looking at loan options and, and those kind of things, we're always, outside of the portfolio product, we're always looking to see who's got the best rates and the best terms. Sometimes you don't have any debt and Fannie Mae has the better terms. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll go with. Sometimes if you have a lot of student loans and deferment, mm -hmm. we may not have an option but to go with Freddie Mac, okay. right? Uh, so there's two basic lending uh, institutions. Um, and in this one, we follow uh, Fannie guidelines. Okay. And then, um, and that's really how ultimately like the selling of mortgages on the back end, the reselling mortgages is how like these programs really exist. And if you want to elaborate on that process for the back end, like why do they do it? You know, why does that happen? Yeah. yeah, so the the best way I could describe that or explain that is, so A&N Mortgage, although we are a direct lender, right, mm -hmm. we're an origination company, we're not a servicing company. Okay. So we don't hold the loans. But the cool thing with that is that we don't make our money on the front end of the loan, right? So you have mortgage companies or brokers or whomever exactly. that charge fees and origination points and those kind of things. So we don't do that, right? We make our money on the back end when we sell it off to a servicing company. We try to sell it off to a servicing company like Chase or Huntington, some bigger bank with easy online access. So then you go, well, how do you make your money there? Well, because lending is all based off of risk, right? So us as a company, we're taking the risk for, you know, upfront with processing, mm -hmm. underwriting, approving, and lending the original funds. Absolutely. So we're signing off on it. So when we sell it off to, you know, another bank on the secondary market, they pay us a premium for taking the risk up front, mm -hmm. right? Which is very beneficial to the borrower, to the client, because you're getting better terms, better rates, and less fees. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. that's great. Great answer. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> and that's always a good question because it's such a, you know, that's such a, a thing to understand. It's so much process in that and reselling of the mortgages and then mm -hmm. 
my, my, I have a new bill. It's a different name. Who do I make that mortgage payment right. to? It's like, right. yeah, it was resell. That's how it happens in the secondary mortgage. Very market. normal. Yeah, very normal. So don't be surprised. And if you're ever not sure, reach out to your realtor or your lender and we can answer those questions for you. One thing I will say, um, so PMI, which stands for private mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. um, there's no upfront PMI with this program. And then the monthly PMI, that is the same con as conventional. Okay, so let's talk about PMI and this program. And is there PMI? Yeah, so uh, this product does have PMI. Um, typically, if you have less than 20% down payment on a loan, PMI is gonna be a requirement, yep. right? And PMI, in the most basic form of explaining it, would be a guarantee from the government, basically, to the, to the end lender, that if for whatever reason something happens, you default, you foreclose, you lose the property, they're gonna guarantee the lender 20% equity in the property so that it's not a total loss. Exactly. Now, once you hit 20% equity in the property, let's say you refinance, you do a new appraisal, there's 20% equity in the property, that will come off. If you stay in the property long term, I will say, you know, I don't think the lender will automatically pull it off. You know, you have to be proactive about it. Call the lender and go, hey, I think I have enough equity in my property. Yep. Can we order an appraisal and see? They'll send an appraisal out. If the value is there, the equity is there, then they'll remove the private mortgage insurance. Exactly. Yep. I just got a text message this morning from a client who just uh, removed her PMI and was very happy and was <laughs> emotional about you know having that removed. That's so, a great feeling. It is absolutely right. One thing I will segue into this, and now I know that this program doesn't exist right now, but you just helped my clients Alana and Christina. And correct me if I'm wrong. But the program they took advantage of did not have PMI, even though they put less than 20% down. Is correct. that correct? correct? Yeah, and that was a shock to me. Yeah. Just for uh, that kind of loan program to exist with anything less than 20% down, not to have PMI. Mm -hmm. And so, how was, and that was, uh, was that just an AN, AN, AN product or tell me about that? It was, yeah. Even it though was... it doesn't exist, it's something worth sharing that yeah. you guys had that product. I was truly blown away. Yeah, so it was an ANN product. It's you know it's a loan that we offered, um, and it was typically you know ten percent down on multifamilies with no PMI, which was a great product. You know, when the market when the rates start going up and the market starts getting a little tighter, mm -hmm. there tends to be liquidity issues, right? Absolutely. So guidelines tend to tighten up a little bit. So um, the product didn't go away; it just kind of morphed into something else. So it morphed into a five percent down product. It has PMI, so it still became a little bit more aggressive yes. from a down payment perspective. Okay. But now there is PMI, right? But it was a really good way for us to keep our investors and our clients happy, mm -hmm. keep them in the market, keep them investing, mm -hmm. keep them having options, mm -hmm. right? Versus going, hey, you know, program doesn't exist. It's, Absolutely. So. Well, that was huge because like, uh, it was this year, and you know, with interest rates, what they've been this year for them, they did. You know, I know you know that the clients do this, but they did shop around to get a see if it's a rate that can beat uh, your yeah. rates. And, you know, it's 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 a reality. You know, financing, right? Yeah. They want to make sure they shop around, and and I would never discourage one of my clients to do so. So I got a right. call from my clients, and they um, they said, you know, we were wondering if there's other rates out there, and I said, here's a few other numbers. Feel free to call, yeah. and they're like, George out of the park. <laughs> it's like, this is the best rate out there. This is fantastic. So we're really excited about it, and so. Now maybe we jump into these numbers. I did my own general numbers kind of last night, kind of looking up some numbers. So like I said in the beginning, I my primary markets are Portage Park, Jefferson Park, Irving Park, but really I do deals all over, which is in Joliet, I've done deals in, um, you know, displays all over the city. And so for an average sales price, we're gonna just choose one of the neighbors. So we'll go with Portage Park. 
Average sale price for that neighborhood is $482,000. 5% down would be $24,000. And then the PMI that I calculated was about $4,000. Well, I'm sorry, I said PMI. The payments I calculated was about $4,000. So that's principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And for those that don't know, that's what your most, in most cases, your payment includes is principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And so I wanted to play with the numbers in terms of if the average rates for each of that market. And so, for example, in Portage Park, the average rent income on a two-bedroom, one-bath was $1,530, so $1,530. For a three-bedroom, was $1,875. And then if you have a garden unit, that can range you anywhere from $1,000 to $1,250 of income you're getting into. So now we're talking two, three, four-unit buildings with potentially a basement unit as well. And so when you look at those numbers, let's just say we're going to create an avatar. My buyer is a single guy, maybe younger, just starting his investments. You know, he's in a good position with the 5% down and he can live in the basement and rent out the other two units. And what that crunches out to in a realistic perspective is his mortgage payment would be $632. Like that is the benefit of buying a multifamily and living in it as your first investment, right? And uh, even if it's say you're a family and you want a backyard and you were looking at single family houses, but you can have rental income and you have uh, a two flat with two bedroom, one bath or three bedroom, one bath, and you live in one of the units, you're still, your mortgage payment is going to be nine, 10 or $2,000 compared to, you know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like putting it in like a really realistic perspective for people and what those numbers look like. Again, this is my average market. You know, and it's hyper-focused, so we'll you look at the comps and numbers everywhere. But that's the storyline of why this product is so good. <laughs> you know? 100%. Anything you want to add to those numbers or that perspective? Yeah. No, I think, great. I think, you know, personally, I think your first property being a multifamily really sets you up. You're not, excuse me, you're not house hacking, right? Half your mortgage, if not most of it's covered, mm-hmm. you know? And then when you want to move over to your next one, so from an underwriting perspective, yeah. oc- occupancy has to make sense. Yes. Right? So you can't go from a million dollar home to, you know, a $500,000 home with less square footage, you know, three blocks away. It just, okay. it has to make sense. Yes. So when you're going from a multifamily, you're only going to scale up, right? So most folks go from like, let's say your first one is 400000 mm-hmm. your next one's 600000 your next one's seven fifty, mm-hmm. right? And then you kind of go from there. And once you've built your portfolio, you know, now maybe you want to buy your next property and it's going to be your forever home, mm-hmm. you know, single family home. But at this point you have a portfolio and you have your single family home and now you're generating income on all of these properties, Absolutely. you know? So multifamily, to, just to put it in perspective, multifamily conventional loans on a two unit, you're looking at 15% down. Mm-hmm. Conventional three or four units, you're looking at 20% down. Mm-hmm. You could do FHA at three and a half percent down. FHA has loan limits, mm-hmm. number one. And there's a self-sufficiency rule for three and four units. Yes, let's talk about that self-sufficiency rule. Absolutely. (laughs) Go ahead. So the self-sufficiency rule, it's it's this weird rule with FHA, but basically it states that 75% of the total market rents in that building times 75% have to be greater than your all-in mortgage payment, which includes your principal, your interest, taxes, insurance, and your PMI. And your PMI. And your PMI. So depending on the property you're looking at and where it's at, you know, in the city, taxes higher, taxes lower, that could be pretty hard to find, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing with FHA is, you know, the FHA inspector and the appraiser, they're the same person. 
So a lot of times when they go into a property, they're appraising it, but anything that they deem a safety concern has to be remedied prior to closing. So a lot of folks making an offer, and we went, we're talking- We've we brushed that subject, we yes. brushed it a little. So from a seller's perspective, if they're looking at an FHA pre-approval or a conventional pre-approval, although they're both great products, you know, if they are concerned about a loose banister or peeling paint or any of those things, they're typically gonna go with a conventional pre-approval. The good thing about the 5% down program is it's only one and a half percent more than FHA. Mm -hmm. There's no self-sufficiency and it's a conventional loan. So we follow conventional guidelines for appraisals. Absolutely. Yep. I'm actually working with a um, buyer now who's FHA and when we first started working out, they weren't sure where they wanted to be. And they were like, well, all over the city and the surrounding suburbs. It was like a five mile radius. And I was like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> they are FHA buyer. We need to find a way to narrow this down. So we, we did finally narrow it down. And so I opened up the search to not have it listed as FHA option because a lot of brokers don't fill that out correctly in the MLS. Uh, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. We won't get too into it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you're a listing broker, make sure you fill out all the information. But anyhow, long story short, there are hazards. So we just saw one last week that uh, the garage didn't have stairs to go up to the mm. garage and it was a high stoop you would have to like jump you know it's pretty high and so that definitely won't pass FHA so to your point FHA does have some harder things to you know jump through there are concerns about the property peeling paint stoves in the basement handrails yeah. yes there are some things but if the property well, well, ultimately, you'll know when you work with a seasoned realtor. A hundred percent. You will know when you walk into a home, like, yes, no, yep. move on, right? And um, and I oftentimes will be very proactive with the broker and look at the pictures in detail and make a call. And if they don't have it listed as FHA as being an option, let me see it first and I'll let you know if it is and isn't because a lot yeah. of times these brokers don't. But uh, again, to your point, like, it's not that it's a bad financing. It's just there's, there's stricter um, in that. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this and for providing all this valuable information. Um, if you are looking to uh, learn more about this program or have a one-on-one -on -one consultation yep. with George, how can they reach you? Yeah, so you could call me on my cell, 312-972-2296, or you could email me, which is probably gonna be easiest. Uh, George, it's G-E-O-R-G-E, -E, at A is an Apple, N is in Nancy, mtg.com. Fantastic. And um, I will also have our, our links, the show notes of this episode, oh, um, as well as YouTube, Spotify, Apple, anywhere your favorite podcast apps are. You will have access to that show notes and you can click on those links. Uh, so again, thank you so much. And with that, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Showcase Chicago Podcast. If I can support you with your real estate needs, you can search Showcase Chicago or Michael Reyes on all social media platforms or go to www.showcase-chicago.com. Until next time, continue to live your best life. I'm Michael Rays with Airy Partners. Thanks for listening.